0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York,
2: here is Sam Roberts. And here we are. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I'm Sam Roberts, host of the wrestling podcast podcast. Made by a wrestling fan for wrestling fans. I hate to tell you this. I don't consider myself a wrestling journalist. I don't consider myself a wrestling critic. I certainly don't consider myself a wrestler, although if you go to YouTube, you can find me delivering one of the great choke slams in pro wrestling history. I am a wrestling fan, and so that's what we do on this podcast. We embrace wrestling, and we talk to some great wrestling minds as well. Katie Linendoll is going to be rejoining me on State of Wrestling. So much stuff to talk about this week, but... You know, I always start with the interview. Freddie Prince Jr. is the guest this week. Freddie Prince Jr. is a guy that I love. Now, he was uh, uh, promoting his cookbook. So I kind of finagled him into a wrestling interview through the cookbook. And as it turns out, he adores talking about wrestling, which is perfect for us here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Um, And we talked about a lot. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Of course, Freddie Prince Jr., he was a – it's the Freddie Prince Jr., the guy from She's All That, the guy from Summer Catch, all these teen movies. Freddie was a – is a lifelong, legit wrestling fan, still watches the product to this day. And he spent two years after he was acting, not before, after he acted in the, in the mid-2000s or so, he spent two years, at, I guess probably more like the mid-2010s, as a writer for WWE – he went. He, he went to Stanford. He went on the road. He went in the jet. Freddie Prince Jr. was a WWE employee. I find that endlessly fascinating. I think it's inspiring that he decided to take his life into his own hands like that when he didn't have to, and it left him full of not only knowledge but great stories. So let's sit back and relax. Let's start the podcast with Freddie Prince Jr. and some really really awesome stories, including. What you guys know is my favorite Vince McMahon stories. Let's do it. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast Interview. A lot of guys that grew up when I grew up, Mm -hmm. like I've had multiple, I wouldn't even call it debates because it's not a debate if two sides agree. Just conversations about how Freddie Prince Jr. is the man.
1: I, I mean, You'll find plenty of people
2: to debate that with. But I so? appreciate
1: the love. <laughs> well, uh, I, there's I, a lot of guys right now whose girlfriends had a crush on me, and they're still pissed off. About they are. So, yeah, they'll they, debate you. <laughs> really?
2: Did you find that when you were when you were coming up and acting and everything that guys were annoyed because? I, yeah, ninety percent of my friends are all women. I'll put it that way. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, if ninety percent of your friends are women, how do, like, husbands and boyfriends deal with the fact that, like, oh, this is my friend, Freddie. It's just a friend. We just, I ain't friends with them. That's just the way (laughs) life goes, man. (laughs) You do what you have to do. Yeah, man. So it seems like, uh, because what we're here promoting today is a cookbook. That's right, sir. And it seems to me like a lot of what you've done, especially in the last several years, is just kind of decided to explore things that you're actually interested in and just do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because like the, the, a lot of of things. First of all, uh, your wife was in here a few months ago. She was, I remember. Right, and we were talking about the the Star Wars deal where you guys... Are,
1: you we got get, to fight. Yeah, you get to do voiceover on I Star get Wars. didn't kill her, though. She got, she got killed by Darth Maul. But if you got to get killed by someone, he's a good guy to get killed Darth by. Darth Maul is the one. He bisected her. <laughs> <laughs> My
2: daughter looked back and was like, Mom? <laughs> okay, she's okay, she's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, and the cookbooks come out, which I don't even think people really realize that you had any kind of
1: passion for cooking. Yeah. Yeah, man i mean if if you follow me on twitter you do but otherwise you see an actor and you just I think what people write about that actor is but exactly. my mom was a, a Jedi in the kitchen and she taught me a lot of life lessons over the stove and that's where my passion came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I have way more friends that are chefs than actors. Female chefs. Uh, males too. That's the one hey. That's the one profession because they're more confident. Like right. 99% of the actors in Hollywood are beta personalities. Like Sally Field, you like me. You really like me. Right. Meaning they're very susceptible oh, to compliments interesting. and yeah, criticism. Yeah. So if you compliment them too much, they become a D-bag. And if you insult them too much, they believe it. You go. You're great. I am. You suck. I suck. <laughs> um. That's not me. I I just don't care what people say either. My mom at an early age is like, people are gonna make fun of you no matter so what. You, baby, you so you you were like that from be the you. beginning. At a very early age, I just didn't care. My mom taught me sick lessons like this. She's like, look, they're gonna find a reason to hate you no matter what. So wow. like what you like, and if they don't like it, tough. Like
2: because that's I, that's I think all the she reason wrote. that so many actors and actresses are beta personalities are because you're kind of brought into the world that way. Well, you're conditioned through the audition process, of course. But that you are, there are some approval. actors like.
1: George George Clooney doesn't care. Well, like he'll, yeah. <laughs> he'll audition and he'll tell you whether it was a good audition or not. Right. Like I would call my agent when I would audition for stuff, and they say how to go, and I'd be like, yeah, they're they're bringing me back for that because you just know, right. and they would bring you back. Although a couple times they didn't, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and obviously if they sucked, don't know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. If it sucked, like whether they liked me or not, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, they want to bring you back. I'm like, oh, I ain't going back. That was right. terrible, and I don't have a strong grasp of it, so I shouldn't do it. Right. Um. And I just never look. My uncle Ron De Blasio who managed everyone from Prince to Lionel Richie to, to to Ray Parker Jr and the Ghostbusters things <laughs> to Guru and Gangstar rest in peace. Man. Um, he was my father's manager and Richard Pryor's manager as well and he was the man who kind of told me the truth about my dad and and broke down Hollywood and gave me this foundation to rely on when I got out there and started you know following in my father's footsteps. It's um, she interesting that like, you find out how difficult it is before you go in. Oh, yeah, which prepares you. And you still you. went in. Yeah, but I knew what I had to do. Like, yeah. I, I knew what I had to do. And so when you go in and you have an uncle who's literally saying, before the movie comes out, this thing's going to be a big hit and you need to be ready for A, B, C, and D. Or this movie's going to die, Freddie, and you need to be prepared. Don't be spending money. Don't be going on vacation. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And when it's someone you love and trust and the first person who ever told you the truth about the most important thing in your life as a kid, which is a father, yeah. um, you believe leave him right and he took care of me and protected me and it might not be fair for other people but sorry your uncle's not as cool as mine right this is life (laughs) what can you do yeah so he always looked out for me i was always mentally prepared for things and once we had a kid it was an easy walk away. Like, I took one foot out the door, and the second foot was so quick behind it to just be a full-time father that that was it. So the transition wasn't a painful one. It wasn't one of second-guessing. It just felt yeah. very
2: natural and chill. Yeah. Now, and was he right when he would say a movie, this movie's he's never been die. wrong once.
1: Wow. Never been wrong once. Wow. Not so, like, She's time. All
2: That comes out, and he's like, this is... Yeah, a lot of people
1: knew that one was going to hit. Right, the screen. The they do like test screenings, uh-huh. and ever you know everybody was loving that. But he told me long before they did test screenings, he told me when down to you wasn't going to do well. <laughs> so he, you know he always kind of kept me on track and and let me know what people were thinking and stuff like
2: that. And so, does leaving Hollywood to be a father. Does that also make it so that when you start going back to work on whatever it is that you're going to work on, whether it's a cookbook or Hollywood or WWE, which I'm <laughs> definitely going to talk to you about. Are oh, you a big WWE head? The biggest. Okay, well, you have a panda bear, so I figured you were more supportive of WWF. <laughs> <laughs> but but does it equip you to, be, to make decisions like that where it's like, well, I left acting, which is this quote-unquote dream job, to do what I wanted to do, which is be a parent. Yeah. So now I can kind of feel comfortable to actually do things like – like being a writer for WWE, which yeah. you were, yeah. <laughs> like, with celebrities, quote unquote, don't do that because
1: no. it's a job. I would. I literally told the Vince would have me run like an acting workshop for a lot of the the talent there. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I said, look, whether you respect me or not, whether you think Robert Downey Jr. is the man and I suck, Robert don't care about you. He ain't here. I do. <laughs> right. And and that was the moment where I started to get a lot of respect from those guys and girls because um, they
2: figured they realized you actually respected what they did.
1: I cared, and they yeah. would you know ask me you know these wrestling trivia things to try to see if I knew what I was talking about, and I knew more than they did. Really? really? Oh yeah, man. Like I'm the guy that asks Arn Anderson questions. That's amazing. And he to the point where he's like, "Damn, boy, nobody asks as many questions as you. I like it." <laughs> (laughs) I'm like, okay, we're okay. It's like, yeah, Yeah. some more.
2: And especially because Arne Anderson's the guy. Like, Arne Anderson is a wrestling fans wrestler.
1: Oh, yeah, man. And he has Vince's ear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And very few people do. Vince respects uh, Arne to the umpteenth degree uh, and everything he brings to the table. So for me, you know, that was just a dream job. Like, I worked right side by side with Vince. He was awesome. I know a lot of people think the, the mystique of him is what it is. Look, he demands 110%. Mm-hmm. And if you give 109, he's going to get on your ass. Right. Period. But right. he gives 110% because that's how much he gives right. every day. He doesn't miss shows. He's 127 years old. He's, bi- he's biometrically it's, created. He's robo- I used to call him robo Vince, And he goes, <laughs> what does that mean? Because he's he never seen anything but wrestling. I'm like, you never seen RoboCop? <laughs> of course not. You didn't see Scarface or you would have known Razor Ramon as plagiarism. <laughs> right. And you can't do that. Of course. Right, my bad. You right. didn't even realize that Razor Ramon was selling and that's how like that got on the gold. Basically, right? like yeah. it just didn't matter. Like, it's wrestling, wrestling. I was watching a Richard Pryor set on his on the sweet WWE Jet one time, uh-huh. just to kind of unwind and relax. And we're flying back to White point Unwind. And he literally is like, "What? Why don't you have on WrestleMania?" I'm like Vince, I just want to laugh and have some J. He's Like, well, we got Santino. I'm like, right. I love Santino.
2: That's not Richard Pryor. Wait, and I'm, I'm waiting for. him. That was Richard Pryor. I'm like, Come on, man. I love though that that's Vince. Vince, and that's why I think like hardcore wrestling fans. That's the issue that they've always had with him is. They that he wants to be everything to everybody, the oh, same yeah. way wrestling is everything to him. Oh yeah, he wants WWE to not be wrestling. He wants it to be the single yes entertainment the, source that the everybody goes Kennedy to. Kennedy McMahon <laughs> philosophy, yeah, should
1: be written and taught in schools. If yes. you would yes. let Vince do that, <laughs> yes.
2: Now we'd but, have tougher kids. I'll tell you that one. Oh my god! <laughs> but that's got to be frustrating. Like a guy uh, who says, "Well, I don't." ask anything of you that I don't ask of myself and then you go yeah but you're superhuman yeah and I'm human you have robotic parts in you to keep you alive and I don't (laughs) now was it is it his idea to like the acting workshop for instance Uh, is is he aware that like you're an actor yeah you can help we can use these skill sets that you have further they
1: did something called a promo class right and he would have kids come up I don't think I've ever talked about this before Um, he would have two wrestlers come up two talent come up and he would give them a scenario and force them to improv but a lot of them didn't have any experience in that and so I get throwing kids in the deep end of the pool. Like, I get the Marvel Universe as opposed to DC. Like, DC protects their heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's the alien, whether they're from Earth or not. <laughs> right. and watching crime happen, and they react to crime, whereas Marvel was more active, and they threw their heroes in the deep end. And if they drowned, sorry, bro, you're done. Right. Um, and so he was very much on the Marvel side of things, which doesn't work all the time with everyone. And so I just spoke, and I was like, look, man... You're you know you're using verbiage they don't understand, and, and this is something that I went through as a student, and know certain directors could affect me better than others. Let me do the things that were in my acting class with them, and it'll sort of break them down to the point where they feel like it's safe to fail. Because it right. sucks failing in front of your peers and in front of your boss. Right, but especially one, when
2: Vince is your boss. Yeah. yeah, so
1: once I had the room and I told everybody, like, Vince doesn't see any of this. We're not recording this. I was communicating with Vince, who I thought was strong, who I thought he should give a chance to, who Mm -hmm. I thought was weak. But I didn't tell them that. I Mm -hmm. wanted them to feel safe and comfortable to fail. My whole thing with live TV is if you're afraid you're going to screw up, you're going to screw up. Right. If you can just say, F it, so to speak. Sure. And you don't care about falling on your face, you never will. Right. And that was, we would do crazy exercises called like repetition where you're locked into whatever I say. So it'd be like, hey, nice shirt. And all they can say is, hey, nice shirt. And you go back and forth. And it's not to get them to be a better actor. It's to get them to feel so frigging stupid (laughs) that when it's finally over, like, this was the dumbest thing ever. And they look around and it's all good. Right. And they wake up the next day and they still have a job. (laughs) And so all of a sudden they start to get a little braver. And then I would tell them, hey, find." um, I'm not going to bring them plays because they're not going to be able to relate to that. So I said, bring the monologue from your favorite movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how that actor broke it down or at least what I think they did. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to work on that. And then you're going to execute that. Monologue. So I had guys like Big Show cutting Christopher Walken's speech from Pulp Fiction. Oh, it's great. Where he's like, you know, and I had this (laughs) watch watch in my ass, and he's cutting it to Hornswoggle. He's cutting it to Dylan. (laughs) And uh, so it was, you know, things like that, like Dolph Ziggler, Nick, he did... uh, Alec Baldwin's speech from Malice, where he's like, Uh, I am God. That whole speech, like, I have a dog. And he's a very smart guy. And when you let him do his own thing, he's very, very, he communicates much better than if it was just written for him. So I tried to show them techniques like that to help get them confident. And that was basically the majority of my job when I worked there.
2: Who did you you like as far as improv guys go?
1: Oh, improv? I mean, Miz was pretty much the best one. Like, he was the one who would want to challenge me the most. Like, when we did repetition, I said, you start. And he literally, can I say a bad word he literally goes why the fuck are you here (laughs) <laughs> and so our repetition was why the fuck am I here and he goes why the fuck are you here I go why the fuck am I here and we just went back and forth so he was probably the best equipped to do that um, but I had some really fun stuff with Jeff Hardy on his run to the title and I got to write him some really crazy promos about sort of living in the gray area which is what he was doing and his whole like imagination and all that yeah. and once Vince got on board with that and said nobody touches Jeff until, uh, until Armageddon I was like oh my god he's going to get the title isn't he and Michael Freebird PSA like shut up don't say nothing because he's been trying to get Jeff the title from since he was born basically Uh he's like you're gonna jinx it don't say nothing I'm like no I think we're good I think we're good and then we were and it was that was my favorite part of my my tenure it's so great Like, I was only there two years
2: but it's so great though that you were able to maintain fandom Throughout that you were excited Jeff Hardy was going to win the title because he's yeah. like, Oh, you're I still got to excited. Watch
1: that from like backstage and, wa- and watch that the end of that match. And it just, you know, blew my mind to hear those fans. And you know, almost every one of them had his armbands on and to see them start to believe yeah. that he was going to win. And Freebird and Arn did the match and the match they designed was amazing with those false finishes. And at that end, when you kind of forget about Jeff and all of a sudden he comes and Swanton's off the top and the crowd was like, No, no, yeah. yeah! Yeah, he, should, straight, he scaled the the scaffolding that yeah. they built for Armageddon and just stood on top with the title. It was great.
2: Man. Now they must have loved you because you obviously have a grasp on the storytelling of pro wrestling that I think yeah. most people. That's the the element that they haven't figured out. When it's like, is it real? It's like it's yeah. This, this storytelling mechanism is not something that's really embraced by most mainstream people. They don't get that.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky, man. You know, there's a lot of wrestling out there and a lot of of wrestling that people will sometimes prefer to the WWE style, but I don't want to see you kick out of a finisher 27 times. Mm -hmm. I just don't, man. That's what makes it seem... Fake to me, a finisher is supposed to be a finisher, right? Um, Which
2: WWE, for the most part, back, does started to get guilty of.
1: Only on pay per views, though. Right. Only on pay per views, and you wouldn't kick out ten times. You might kick out twice, right? But the third one's going to get you, right? Um, so I don't think they've they've violated too much, but they're trying to give the people what they what they want to touch. But Vince is always going to do what Vince does, yeah. Um, and he honestly, I know people don't agree with this, but he really does know best, yeah. Like it, John Cena was never going to be a heel because John Cena needed to be the inspiration for kids to watch that show and people would joke and say none of your fans can watch you that's why you're on in the first segment instead of the last because it's too late it's past their bedtime those kids buy toys those kids buy merchandise right and when those kids grow up and have kids they buy tickets for those kids he's right. hulk hogan that's who john they want to hate on roman reigns he's an inspiration
2: for that next generation of kids coming up man i have a question for because you you're, you obviously understand story time. i was i as i watched the, you watch the show still yeah obviously like and you see half the audience is cheering for the bad guy, which is Seth Rollins. And yeah. half the audience is cheering for the good guy. I feel like sort of that linear good guy, bad guy storytelling yeah.
1: is kind of going away. UFC has really done a lot of that with their shows because now you're just pulling for a fighter. And you don't care if he has a bad attitude or right. a good attitude or something in the
2: middle. Um, and, that, and that maybe Seth Rollins... Is there for half the audience to cheer for, and maybe Roman Reigns so. is there for half the but audience. I, honestly,
1: to cheer I think for. a lot of the audience is the hardcore fans, mm-hmm. and so they're always going to cheer their NXT guys, they're always going to, yeah, they're always going to cheer them. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's, I want you to believe in, in those, in the indie guys and the guys coming, but just remember only certain guys get to hold the title. <laughs> 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 oh, you got to be the right type, you know, the small guys. Their story is climbing the mountain. It's not reaching the mountain top. They're Sisyphus. They roll the boulder up only to have it you know, thrown all the way back down. Right. Uh, Shawn Michaels was, was, was a rare exception because his body would not break. Um, Rey Mysterio is an exception. That proves the rule. He's not an exception to the rule. He got hurt. The demands of a champion, Daniel Bryan is another great example, of what they have to do to their body 325 days a year with... Without good sleeping conditions, without great physical therapy, without the the means to rest between matches, because you're just on another plane in coach flying somewhere, it is grueling and destructive. And that's why Vince wants to keep the belt on bigger guys, because historically they've been able to last longer and remain healthier. I know no one likes to hear that because most of us are smaller guys. Right. And we relate to the smaller guys. It ain't jujitsu. The small guy don't get to win through technique. Vince is very old school and he thinks if a big guy punches a little guy he's going to lose. He's wrong ufc's mm-hmm. UFC's proved that. Well, the Gracies have proved that. Yeah, but that's his philosophy. So if you want to know some Vince philosophy and want to know why your guy can't win, there you go. <laughs> right, but it's
2: also interesting that like I, I never, I always understood the second part, but the first part of just in terms of maintaining a champion. Yeah, like it doesn't work. You have to like like the the, the smaller guys become more injury prone to they the do. schedule once they're champion. They do is not something I think that gets talked about as much as that second thing where it
1: never gets talked about that's why i try to bring it up so people can kind of wrap their head around it but you know wrestling fans are so hardcore Mm -hmm. and in the age of social media where we feel we can affect what the artist is going to do like check this out imagine if Jimi hendrix was alive today Mm -hmm. people would reach out to him in social media and they would tell him what kind of music to make that's true it would literally be the movie misery right where kathy bates is like no she's not dead they're right, bring her back. I don't care what book you wrote. You're going to bring her back right now. And that's what social media is. So right. they want to have a voice. They feel they have a voice in the match with the no, yeah, one, two, ah. Oh. They feel they have a voice. You don't. Um, <laughs> are you entitled to it? Sure. Is it ever going to get heard? It shouldn't. If the artist is like... Picasso didn't hate whales. He just didn't paint any. Right. Like, he did what he wanted to do because he's the artist Vince is the painting. artist. It's Vince's toy box. They're right. his toys. Right. It's cool he invites you over twice a week to watch him play, mm-hmm. but they're his. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take his ball and go home. He'll punch you in the face <laughs> and play his game that you didn't want to play on your dead chest. Right. Like, that's what the artist does. Jimi Hendrix would laugh at you if you said, man, I just want a pop song. Yeah. Like, he. you know, it's interesting. It's that you...
2: Purple Haze time, you the, know? You bring all that up because I went to the last pay per view to Extreme Rules with a writer who was totally unfamiliar with wrestling and uh-huh. just had to become more familiarized with it. And I was trying to explain it to him as he watched. And he goes, So why are they booing? And I go, No, yeah. we've actually entered this weird era where they're booing the creative direction of the character. Yes. They're booing the yeah. writing of the show, not yes. the actual guy. It's so hardcore <laughs> it was, like, now. Man. They're
1: a part of the show. And yeah. it's
2: really the only thing on television that does that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did Vince like that you were such a type A? Because the fact that, like, you were just saying that you went to him and said, look, I know how to do this. Let me do this with your guys. It'll be a good thing. Did yeah. he like that you would be that? Yes. It's funny. Vince would call me, he's way into psychology.
1: Vince would call me an Omega personality because he goes, oh, you always think of, it. like, the Alpha doesn't care if you compliment or criticism. They're like, yeah, I know I'm good. It's like, Kobe Bryant, you suck. No, I don't. Here's five rings. You're great. I know. Like, he doesn't get affected. <laughs> right. You do it to an actor and they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. You do it to the Omega and I just want to know why you're complimenting me I'm right. like, Yo, what is this guy won, or if you insult me, I'm like, "What's this guy's deal?" Like, yeah. I don't, and that's how Vince would me. Because you kind want to know, like, me. am I doing something right that I need to do more of? I, I just, just want to know right where with... they're coming from yeah. more than anything. I uh-huh. just don't trust people very much, and uh-huh. I think that's what Vince responded to because he earned it with me, and so I gave him a lot back. Um, but I was always just straightforward and. I don't know another way to be i told you earlier my mom said look be who you are mm-hmm. if people make fun of you that's on them right like, if you're insecure it affects you if you're not Freddie, and she wouldn't call everyone called me little freddy except my mom said, if you're not Freddie, then you know you're you're dead but if you can maintain confidence in what you love like i'm 40 years old yeah i still watch pro wrestling uh-huh. i still love video games uh-huh. i tw- i am tw- on twitch i'm a twitch partner <laughs> yeah that's the other thing i do that yeah. all the time and if somebody makes fun of it i'm laughing at them i'm like dog My day ends awesome, whether you crap on me or not. Right, and you figured out- I played video games, and I go to bed with my wife, Sarah
2: Michelle. Like, everything
1: (laughs) stays the same, whether you go awesome or you suck.
2: (laughs) But by the way, like, people really need to factor in. Like, okay, before we start criticizing, let's look at the whole life here. This is a guy who's figured out how to leave- Acting, <laughs> how to? Although
1: I'd come back to play Vince if there was ever like a biopic, I that's would. What, that's play like Vince your dream film. role. Oh yeah, I would do that in a second. I could do it. That's why. You think so? Yeah, I, I mean, I've worked with him. I know his voice. I know his walk. Did you relate to him? I get buff. Yeah, I can relate to Vince. You
2: would? You get big? You'd I would get. B- I don't know how, but I get buff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you figured out a way to like take everything, and this is this is what I think more people need to do is not. Be so worried about chasing that that thing that that is is placed that, that society says this is the oh, dream. Yeah, it just figure you out. Can't let like,
1: magazines dictate your goals, right? Yeah. How to figure
2: out like what do I like now? How do I turn this into my life? I like video games. For real, how do I turn this into my life? Oh, what's this Twitch TV thing? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Or I'm working with this girl on Scooby Doo. How do oh, I'll marry her? <laughs> like,
1: <I'll, laughs> well, I'm not uh, friends with many actors. The only one I'm really close friends with, I married. So
2: <laughs> that right. one was easy. Right, or like you know, I like wrestling. How do I? do do, do I get closer yeah let me get closer let me turn this into my life for a while
1: it was a it was a great experience man uh a a great experience you eat like crap but uh other than that I mean there's like four or five of the recipes I had to like invent just so I can make easy stuff on the road really oh yeah you well when you're with Vince McMahon you can call the hotel and be like hey do you mind if I go in your kitchen and cook and they're like no of course Vince Vince has rented 6,000 rooms for talent here you can do whatever you want I'll cook for you no 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 I like to cook I wanted oh absolutely the kitchen will be yours I won't allow anyone else in I'm like you let anyone in. I just want to cook. But I just need a stove. But when it's Vince, they're like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we, so were you cooking for people on the road? Uh, a couple of the writers and a couple of talent. They had a guy named MVP uh, who wrestled there. Love MVP. He and I were really close and he hated me when I got there. He did. Oh yeah. He's like, who's this Hollywood guy? Like right. and John Cena too. They was like, oh, was, he called me Ashton Kusher. And like, <laughs> he did? Is what he called me. He's like, who did hey, MVP or John no, Cena? No, John Cena. That's MVP great. did not like me. And uh-huh. I heard him struggling with a promo with one of the writers and I went over and I said, look, it's, it's not my place, but I think I know what this is missing. I heard you say something a couple weeks ago. I'll have a different take on it. I think if we add it to this promo, it'll kill. And he looked at me like he was going to punch me in the face, right. which is okay. He's a tough guy, but I am too. And I, I was, my he's Godfather, been to jail before, though. My <laughs> godfather's Bob Wall, bro. I've been choking okay. quarterbacks out since <laughs> I was six years old. Yeah, he takes jiu-jitsu now because of me. So, uh, and he's actually won tournaments now. Now he's probably whooped me up. But, uh, but anyway, he looked at me like he wanted to kill me. And then he just listened to what I had to say. And, and he's just kind of everything stopped and he goes that's really good and I was like, no, man, that's you that's gonna make it. You just said it, not me. I'm like, you made it good. I was like, just go out there and bust that out, man. I was like, everybody'll love it. And he did it, and he killed it, and he came up and we became friends. And he was the first pro wrestler that I ever cooked for. We made steaks. I made up some New Mexico cowboy steaks. Wow. And they're in the they're in the cookbook. Um and I cooked those up and he was like, Man, we're in the kitchen, like nobody's in here. I'm like, does Vince Power. He goes, Bro, I'm black, okay? He's like, Vince Power, <laughs> now they ain't letting me in here without you. I was like, Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> How did you win over John Cena? I don't know if I did. Um, Really? He came backstage one time, Uh and... and this was a guy and he was was tough on me like I would be running an acting workshop and he would just come in Mm -hmm. and like interrupt it Mm -hmm. and sort of like take over the room and I'm like hold up man I said let's go talk outside so he came outside I go and he gave me this speech and I respected this he goes look I may be a Neanderthal and he said but you either got it or you don't and I said look I agree philosophically to, to a certain point I said but you can get better or worse at something depending on how hard you work at it I said you don't need my help I'm not writing for you But they do. So let me do my job. I'll let you do your job. And that'll be that. And uh, it wasn't. Um, There was, you know, about... (laughs) wasn't that. No, it it didn't end. But then one day, uh, I did a segment uh, with a guy that we were trying to get over, and he did a great job. And he came backstage, and so did John. And, and John looked at me and said, Hey, respect. That was a good segment, man. Which said, who was it? It was John. I, I don't remember the talent he was out there with, um, but I just remember him coming back right. and saying that. And I just remember in my head going, No, sell it. <laughs> and, and he goes, Hey, man, respect. And I just looked at him. I go, Yeah. And I look back to Vince. I go, You happy? And Vince goes, Yeah. <laughs> and Vince is crying. He goes, God damn, Freddie. That was good. I go, All right, thanks. And, We're I, just, good. and I walked past him because I didn't want to give him that satisfaction. Yes. You, you know what I mean? But that was sort of the last time he ever interrupted a class. He came up to me and talked to me a couple times after that. So maybe I won him over then. And then I quit like two weeks later. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did. Wow. But
2: now you figured out a way to get your cooking out to the masses. Like every every, yeah, man. every passion that you have, I feel like you just have this thing where we, I got to share this. I got to share this. And you, now the cooking is. You
1: know, you can only not do something till you till you do it. You know what I mean? So my wife had hounded me for years. And. You know, normally the person you're closest with gives you the best advice, and mm-hmm. you reject it on principle, mm-hmm. um, which I did. <laughs> I, I was guilty of as well, as I just didn't want to make a cookbook with recipes. So when we kind of found the right way to do it, and I have 20 years, 20 plus years worth of stories in the book, mm-hmm. uh, stories from this crazy business. There's a story in there. I made this pasta. I won't say if it's even a male or a female. It could have been a dude. But this actor or actress... It should just be actor. That's not President S. Right. But it's this actor or actress stalked me for two years after having this. I'm not joking. What? When I moved, they moved. When I moved again... They moved again, trying to get back to the. Homie brought me a Christmas tree to <laughs> plant in the backyard, so we would have roots. Okay, roots. This right. is someone I never even smooched on. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, that's there's Clinger and then there's that." Right. So I put that story in there, and I, I said something stupid like, "This this recipe is too powerful for me. I, I give it to the rest of you, so you can earn your own stalker." We'll go and get a stalker. Buy yeah, it. go get your own stalker. Back to
2: the kitchen. It's out now. You get it in bookstores. You get it on Amazon. Get it everywhere.
1: Hope you guys like the wrestling talk too, man. I, never I mean get to do that. Uh, yeah, trust me. You come back here, and I will wrestling talk you until you're. I blue love in the that face. you have. It's weird that you have a panda shirt on though, because that was so like the WWF versus WWF, I was like pissed. the beef, and they had was, the whole get the f out and all yeah. that. I was that's pissed at one, pandas for a long time. It's The one fight that Vince McMahon didn't win. Can you believe that he won the the going in front of Congress. And looking him dead in the face and going, I don't think steroids are bad for you. And brought their own doctors, yes, to testify on his behalf and won. Yes, he beat the kid with one leg. He was horrible <laughs> and cruel. I don't remember the boy's name, but you're like, oh, he's definitely going to do the job and let the quit. No, no, no. Zach Allen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. So he beats up Zach. That's horrible. He never <laughs> loses, right? And all of a sudden. The F is gone. I'm like, and I used to give him crap. We'd be on the plane. I'm like, you want me spray paint an F on there? (laughs) (laughs) Freddie Prince
2: Jr., thank you for stopping by, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Awesome talking to you. Here is Sam
1: Roberts.
2: Before we get any further, let me tell you something. The other day, my wife goes up to me. She goes, Sam, when did you get so stylish? And you know what? I wasn't even wearing pants at the time. That's right. Compliments with no pants on. And the only way that you're really going to get them. Is through me undies. That's right. It's the stuff you wear 24 hours a day. It's your underwear. Why not have underwear that makes you feel like you're a champion because it's super cool looking, that's comfortable, soft, and isn't going to stretch out and ride up all day long? Because it will under your jeans, under your suit, whatever it is, me undies is the way to go. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of me undies, but once you try them on, you're going to understand why. They're called the world's most comfortable underwear. It's twice as soft as cotton. You won't believe it. Look, if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. That's right. No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember, it's like Superman. His tights under his everyday clothes. Be a Superman. That's why Clark Kent is so confident. He knows he's got that big ass under his shirt. Nobody else does, but nobody else has to. You're going to feel exactly that way. You can go to MeUndies.com Sam and you can see what they've got. They, you can buy one pair if you want or you can get a subscription and then all of a sudden you're getting ridiculous, ridiculously cool uh, underpants in the mail every month. It's like a special gift for yourself. It's incredible. Uh, shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the subscription plan I was telling you about. You never have to go to the store again to buy underwear because you're subscribed. Get the subscription or a single pair, 20% off your first order. When you go to MeUndies.com Sam, MeUndies.com Sam, and you're going to get 20%. Off your first order, they're only doing that for you, the loyal listeners of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. That's meundies.com slash Sam, meundies, meundie com slash S-A-M, Sam. So now that you know where to get underwear, let's talk about Freddie Prince Jr. To me, the thing that I took away from that interview most was Vince McMahon's desire to Have the WWE be the end-all, be-all in entertainment for everybody. I think that that is his M.O., you know, and that's just the way he is. And I understand it. Is it realistic? I don't know. But I certainly understand it. You know, Vince is a guy who has created this world. He's obsessed with it. And the same way he wants everybody to work at his pace, he expects—he likes what he does, right? He thinks that he— is a shining example of what a person should be. So why not expect everybody around him to be that shining example? Is it realistic? No, maybe not. But you know what? It's hilarious to talk about. And it was with Freddie Prince Jr. Also, he told me after the interview that the guy whose name he couldn't think of, the Brian Kendrick, one of the guys who is part of the WWE uh, Cruiserweight Classic that's going to start on the network soon. So great seeing all those names mentioned. Uh, uh, this week. Brian Kendrick's going to be in it. Jerry, Those are the returning guys. But then you've also got uh, a ton, a ton of talent from all over the world uh, that I'm very, very anxious to see in a WWE ring. It's going to be so exciting to watch guys like Zack Sabre Jr. and Drew Gulak and 100 guys. Well, 32 guys to be exact. But many, many guys whose names I'm not mentioning in a WWE ring. And who knows? You know, the draft... I think for sure when this draft goes down July 19th, uh, you're going to see guys from NXT get called up, like a lot. And maybe uh, on a future podcast, uh, I'll have uh, Linendoll go over with me the guys from NXT that will get called up and where they'll get called up to. At some point, we'll do a full-on fantasy draft. Uh, But in the meantime, I would say that any of the guys in this cruiserweight tournament are open to either being drafted— Or to filling spots on that NXT roster that is definitely going to get thinned out. For sure, for sure. Uh, And I'm very, very excited to see that. Uh, I also want to tell you, and by the way, the reason we do these ads now and sponsors is because they help keep the show free. There's a lot of costs when it comes uh, to doing a podcast. You know, especially when you want to get word out about it that will allow you to get better and better guests. That's why it's so helpful, number one, that you support all of our sponsors Number two, that you subscribe on iTunes. And number three, you leave those reviews. But when I say uh, uh, supporting our sponsors, I mean, I told you about the underwear, right? But if you don't have your face looking right, it's not going to matter what you're wearing. Your face has to look good. And the way to make your face look good is to go to harrys.com. I've used Harry's, okay? Harry's.com is this great website where they're basically selling you everything you need for an amazing shave, but at half the price. And I talked to these guys, and it's genius, the business model they figured out. They're not skipping on any quality. Number one, they're deciding to make a little less profit off the razors than these big, giant conglomerates are, which I think is pretty noble. Number two, They manufacture them themselves. Harry's.com has factories where they manufacture their own amazing quality razors, which means you're skipping middlemen. And number three, they don't have to worry about uh, stores. They don't have any stores. They go direct from the factory to the consumer, and they pass on savings to you. Okay? It's one of the best shaves I've had. I don't really use razors like that. I always have a little bit of stubble, but guess what? I was going away with the wife. Wanted to make sure my face was smooth, I used Harry's. It was perfectamundo, and you can too. I mean, who doesn't want to look like me, you know? Um, It was close, it was comfortable, it was the whole thing, and they have their own moisturizing shave cream that smells amazing. You'll smell like a man. Your woman will want, or your other man, whoever it is, will want you. And by the way, ladies, can I tell you something? My wife shaves her legs with these razors. That's how uh, 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 gentle and smooth they are. And she's got some smooth ass legs. No doubt about it. There's all kinds of stuff that you can get on the website. You can get Harry's shave set, uh, which is a great gift. Uh, It has a, a matte black razor handle, a chrome razor stand, the moisturizing foam shave gel, three of Harry's handcrafted blade cartridges, a travel cover, the whole deal. It's all for forty bucks. People are gonna think you paid a hundred for it. Harry's also offers shaving sets at different price points. You can they start at fifteen bucks. Get one for yourself. Put down fifteen bucks. Realize that you're getting ripped off going to the drugstore. You don't have to anymore. It's a great shave at a fair price. Close, comfortable. Five German crafted blades, uh, flex hinge, and lubricating strip. Quality guaranteed. Full refund if you're not happy. It's two dollars a blade or less which is half the price of a leading brand. Uh, And you can order online to avoid the hassle of going to any store. Uh, Plus, shipping to the U.S. is free for all Harry's shave sets. Listen, go to Harry's.com right now and redeem a special offer for fans of this show. If you're a listener to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, Harry's is going to give you $5 off your first purchase with promo code ROBERTS. I can't believe it. The deals they give, and they're giving you even more money off because you're a listener to the show. That's beautiful. Don't wait. Economy shipping uh, for Father's Day ends—well, uh, it already ended. So That's— Harry's dot com, H A R R Y S dot com. Enter code Roberts and go to the checkout. Get five dollars off. It's amazing, and you're not going to regret it. Just like I'm sure you do not regret getting this podcast because Katie Lindendahl is back. She was out of town for a couple weeks, but she is back, rip, roaring, and ready to go. Uh, a lot of observations to make about everything that's been going on in TNA. I haven't gotten a chance to talk about the great uh, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy YouTube videos, which I'm going to do. Um, We've got to talk about Raw. We've got to talk about Money in the Bank. Uh, also, speaking of Money in the Bank, I'm going to address it on State of Wrestling, uh, but I broke down everything uh, that happened uh, that, that I think should I don't know, should, that I would have happen uh, with Brock Lesnar coming out of UFC 200. You know, people are still talking about the fact that Brock Lesnar is going to be fighting Mark Hunt at UFC 200 and then scheduled to fight at SummerSlam uh, a month later. Will it happen? I don't know. But fact of the matter is uh, that uh, 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 whether it happens or not, that can put Brock Lesnar in a different category and can be very, very valuable to WWE. Uh, one more mention that I want to give you before we get into state of wrestling, and this is again another amazing company that's allowing us uh, to stay afloat here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. If you want to uh, get into UFC 200 SummerSlam, there's so many events: NXT Brooklyn, SummerSlam, UFC 200. All of this stuff is coming up. The NFL uh, 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 is on its way back. Major League Baseball is happening right now. So much stuff going on. You know what you got to do? Seat Geek. That's right. Get the Seat Geek app on your phone and you can uh, look for tickets to anything. Wait till you find out. Seat Geek is not one of the... Wait till you find out what they've done. Okay? Seat Geek takes all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. What they do is they pull all of the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming tickets, and SeatGeek is going to let you know if ticket prices fall. It's genius. You get all these ticket websites. They're coming together. SeatGeek is going to find for you the best deal on the tickets that you're looking for. Every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value. So you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed map to view the, to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, they show you the full price uh, from start to finish, and they're not going to try to trick you with huge fees on the checkout page you're gonna know what you're paying for these tickets. And because of the algorithms they've set up, you're gonna know if you're getting a good deal or not. And get this, I can guarantee that you're gonna get a good deal. You know how I can guarantee that? Because my listeners, the Sam Roberts Show, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast listeners, are gonna get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. I mean, is that amazing? Is that great? Even if you find, you know, you wanna get tickets to one of these events. I'm already setting you up in a scenario where you can get 20 bucks off. Whatever, even if it's an overpriced, I can't sold out, blah, blah, blah. $20 off because you listen to this podcast that's free anyway. Incredible. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. It is 100% free. Go to the settings tab in the app and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SAM, S-A-M. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. It's a great deal. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM, S-A-M, today, and you won't have to miss any of these amazing, amazing events coming up. Uh, And you won't have to miss the State of Wrestling because it's not coming up anymore. It's here, and it's happening right now. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. And welcome to the state of wrestling. And welcome, Sister Nero.
0: We are in the sanctuary of our (laughs) genesis.
2: How great. Look, as weird as the Broken Matt Hardy thing is...
0: Weird? It's off the charts bizarre.
2: Right. But it really is, to me, the more I thought... Because I've watched it many times. I've watched it many, many times. Katie Linendoll, by the way, playing the role of Sister Nero, obviously. But... I've watched it many, many times, and I feel like it's kind of what TNA needs. I
0: can't stop watching it.
2: Right. Can you imagine? And then you
0: can't unwatch it. Like, you're, my retinas were burning.
2: Exactly.
0: But you saw both, right?
2: The the, the director's cut? Did
0: you see the, the, the follow-up video?
2: Yes. I saw the remix. It I was saw... like four
0: minutes and 38 seconds of just staring.
2: R- Matt Hardy making faces after the pay-per-view. He went on Facebook Live, and he made faces for five minutes. It was incredible. Incredible. Like, I should
0: say, I should have say a full disclosure, though, because yeah. I don't want to be out of uh, conflict of interest. Yeah. Because my niece did film that.
2: She did? She did. Oh, then I won't. And, so, and how old's your niece?
0: She's seven. Oh, okay.
2: That would make uh, a lot of sense She used a talk
0: then. boy and a flip cam that she dug up, you know, from the attic. It was a low-budget film. Yeah. But we did throw in a drone, you know, because heaven it, forbid, you know, you got to take it to that next step.
2: That was true. It's like buying a whole bunch of equipment. But not knowing how to use it, you know what I mean? But I feel like <laughs> that's exactly, that is what TNA needs right now. That got everybody a talking. A distraught hobo? Yeah. Can you imagine something that weird being like, this is on TV every week? I would watch that in a heartbeat. If, if a friend came to me and said, this weirdness is on TV every week, I'd be like, I got to see what's going on over here. This is just strange.
0: I'm going to call child services.
2: On the baby for being thrown.
0: Well, so like, it's like a baby's fault. Who throws a baby?
2: Well, somebody who wants to distract their evil, what well, not so evil brother from their evil mm-hmm. broken husband. I didn't know Matt Hardy could play the piano.
0: That was Elliot. that was my takeaway. I didn't know they had such massive homes.
2: I I knew that. It's so it, 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 so
0: much was learned from such short a video.
2: I also loved that even though they're at war with each other, you know, they still live like. A stone's throw away <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah They live pretty much Next door He
0: basically went down The crocodile mile To get to
2: Yeah he just jumped to, On his dirt bike To brother Matt's Went through the Imagination As Jeff Hardy Has called it And got to uh, Broken Matt
0: Broken Matt Who by the way I think there's many Parts to this Of which I love mm-hmm. But maybe the most Effective Is the inconsistent Accent
2: <laughs> It's not even An accent of anything
0: It's something
2: <laughs> Yeah it is an accent you're right about that. It's something. Not placeable. It, oh, no. If you've ever seen the movie. And it's
0: changing. It's ever-changing. It's like yes. a mood ring.
2: If you've ever seen the movie The Room, which I've talked to you about mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. worst film ever made. But, like, I won't stop watching it. I've interviewed the director. I've interviewed the star. Like, I'm obsessed with it. That is this
0: in, in, the, for not wrestling. The, not Room.
2: The, the Room. room. Not the Brie Larson movie. That movie is just emotional, and it's an emotional tour de force. This movie I'm talking about is The Room, and it is uh, uh, dog crap, but in the best possible way. And that I, I, the amount of of talk that came out about this video is by itself in 2016. That's that's enough. That's more promotion than TNA has gotten in a very, very long time, if you could give me a wrestling show that had that kind of weirdness and then mix in some of the talent they already have, like the Trevor Lees of the world and the EC3s and those guys...
0: It was like a real-life Burbs.
2: Yeah, but you're you're potentially gonna have a great show. Now, there was some confusion. At first, I'm going, so is the pay-per-view match between Matt and Jeff Hardy in this warehouse? Like,
0: right. it must
2: end where it began. And you're like, but you're going to the impact zone for the pay-per-view, yeah. right? I'm not I'm not sure. But still, I couldn't have been less interested in Slammiversary before I saw that video. And then there was at least something in me that said, oh, huh, what's going on here?
0: I could not agree more.
2: You know, I, I think that, that this is exactly where TNA's focus should be.
0: On Brother Nero?
2: On everything around this. They should let, they should be hiring people with weird ideas, and maybe they have Billy Corgans there. (laughs) Who knows what kind of oddball ideas Billy Corgan's got, but I say go with this. Make it the weirdest wrestling show on TV, and then mix in, like, a little bit. If you have 70%, 65% weirdness, and 35% amazing wrestling, you've got a great show on your hands.
0: It is true. I mean, is this kind of your formula for standing out? In their scenario,
2: yeah, that's my formula for standing out in any scenario: sixty-five percent weirdness, thirty-five percent good.
0: Yeah, it's kind of your like own <laughs> pie chart. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. That's 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 the pie chart to success. I just
0: don't know when the baby was thrown. I was like, this has hit a whole level. Right,
2: but it was like, yeah, I want to see babies get thrown every week on TV. I uh, we thank
0: went... goodness Brodus is, is we... babysitting. Well,
2: we went to the when we went to the TNA TV taping. What was the highlight of the whole show? The baby. Brodus carrying around the baby. The baby. Yeah. Yeah. I think it
0: was a star.
2: And, you know, you've you've signed talented people now. You've got uh, – the pay-per-view, Slammiversary, was successful in the fact that it was a decent show. You know, it wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't like – there wasn't a moment that people were talking about. It, you know what I mean? Like the videos. Right. Like after the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view, mm-hmm. it was a great show and people were like, oh, my God, the ending with the Bullet Club. Like, those are the things that you need if you're not WWE. WWE can get away with having some duds. TNA, if they're going to have two pay-per-views a year, you have to have something, like, catastrophic happen well, at both of them.
0: we should recall that they have, in past, pulled a lot of strings. What do you mean? They've pulled in Bigfoot, then they pulled in...
2: Yeah, those aren't, those do, aren't but that they necessarily tried. the strings I was talking about.
0: But I mean, this is one that's working. This is an avenue of success. Right. And And you know
2: what? Maybe maybe in this TNA universe there is a space for Bigfoot.
0: Sure. When there's there's this, a space for a Yeti in WWE when the, maybe.
2: When there's this kind of weirdness, you know, I I don't I don't see a problem with it. I feel like I think you just have to think very very differently creatively. We talk about this. WWE has cornered the market professional wrestling in this day and age. To the mainstream is defined by what WWE looks, feels, sounds like. That's pro wrestling. So, okay, how do you exist outside of WWE? You don't compete with it doing what they do. You do something different. That's why Lucha goes, okay, well, our plan is not to be a billion-dollar company like WWE. Our plan is to just be successful on our own terms. And in order to do that, we've got, you know, Robert Rodriguez and What's-His-Face, the reality show producer, producing the show. But they come up with a show that's different that looks, feel, sounds different from WWE. So wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans are like, oh, this is interesting. TNA could capitalize on that weird wrestling viral success. I'm not saying this is what they do, but for instance, we were talking uh, last week when Kaz was here uh, about the Joey Janela Zandig, who I called Danzig 150 times, I feel like. Joey D- Janela Zandig spot where they jumped off a roof through a table with light tubes in a truck. And it's like you know, is that is that the best thing that these competitors can do for their bodies? No. Did CZ, oh, not CZW, did the, an independent wrestling organization end up on ESPN? Yeah. Because it's one of those weird viral videos. It's like when the uh, you've seen the video, one of your favorite wrestling videos. I think this one was a CZW video. When the Osirian Portal had the most illegal move of all time.
0: Different, but effective.
2: Right. Now, if you could... if you About could, a
0: million of those views were contributed to myself. <laughs>
2: if you could figure out a way that you could He's have... He's
0: hypnotized in the locker room! All right, I'm
2: done. Right. If you could figure out a way where you could have stuff like that happening all the time, of course, you'd have hardcores and traditionalists going, this isn't wrestling, this isn't da-da-da, da-da-da-da. But for, who cares about them? You'd have a lot of people talking about you. And you'd have people tuning in... Because they want to see what kind of weird stuff is going on. I think this is a great step for DNA. The Brother Nero series.
0: This falls under the category of any press is good press. Yeah. Talk about it good or bad. But isn't that the point of of writers on any show is to create moments of impact and and create big brand opportunities like this? Like isn't that that your job?
2: Yeah, but I don't think – I don't even know. I think you have to give a little bit of uh, leeway to the performers – to come up with their own stuff for stuff like that. I don't necessarily think a writer can write you something that's going to go viral. I think, like, if if if, if there was going to be a Katie Linendoll video that went nuts, I don't think I'd be able to come up with it. I think it would have to be some weirdness that came out of your peculiar brain and be like, I'm going to do this. And I'd be like... The
0: most successful vids are very weird. That right. That's true.
2: And I'd be like, why are you doing this, Katie? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. And you just put it up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it goes crazy. Like, if people just... Throw stuff at the wall, and see what sticks. But I, mean, I also
0: don't think you can plan for that. No, I mean, you, we've had this conversation when your iPhone video went you, insanely you, viral.
2: You can't, but you can be thinking in terms of non-traditionally, and let's just do weird stuff and see if you get ten percent of the weird stuff that sticks, and the other ten percent is just—I mean, the other ninety percent is just for your audience. That's fine too, because at least still. You're differentiating your tv product you know like T.N. i feel like tna's tv should be full of just bizarro world stuff <laughs> just strangeness i'd watch exactly and the type of strangeness where you hear about it because they're taping shows two months in advance now but you two
0: months they got in yeah
2: advance? they're doing like uh, they're doing they're doing tv tapings i think they're live they were live this uh, on tuesday of this week that was a live show but then i think on wednesday thursday and friday they're all TV taping days in Orlando. So they're just knocking out two or three shows, probably two shows a night, six shows, probably probably one after the live show. So that's like seven. That's like two months because they don't have any money. So do something weird. Yeah. That's going to make it so that you, I got to see this when it comes on TV because it can't be like, Oh, this surprise debut, because once you read about the surprise debut, just seeing this guy debut is not going to be exciting two months later or a title change or any traditional wrestling thing our brains are conditioned to forget about that two months later that's an eternity two hours later we don't care
0: especially in the world of TV
2: right but if you if you got it so that it was weird and you were like oh man yeah I gotta see this I gotta see this then I think he could have something I really do I think
0: you're right weird equals dollars yeah
2: yeah I think so. Now, interesting thing happened in the world at TNA while we're on the topic this Mm -hmm. week is that uh, first the news broke that Billy Corgan is now a minority owner of the company. He was the head of creative – I don't know if it's been a year, but he's – and if you want to hear the level to which Billy Corgan is a wrestling fan, go through the old podcast. You can find him. He was here. uh, He was a guest on the podcast a while back. You'll have to scroll through, but all the episodes are on iTunes and – Every Stitcher, wherever you go for the podcast. So you can find that. But he is now a my own minority owner, which at first, like, I am I think is, you know, cool. I don't know, I think Billy Corgan's cool. So, and I think he's a wrestling fan. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I am bummed out. I was hoping that somebody would become a majority owner so that there could be a complete overwrite of everything going on in TNA. Mm. You know, I was hoping that they would finally decide to sell 51% to somebody because I think that the whole company needs to be changed and you need somebody to have full control over it in order to change it properly. That said, I'm optimistic. Now, wait till you hear the story though because this broke uh, over a bunch of websites. Apparently, one of the chief financial people in TNA was complaining on his Facebook status and people were able to do a little bit of research. Dave Meltzer uh, wrote about it a bunch, I think. Uh, but apparently Billy Corgan this is what i've read i don't know i haven't talked to anybody in tna but from what the internet is saying billy corgan may have had to become a minority owner in the company because their production trucks they couldn't afford their production trucks for this set of tapings like they were there and they were the production all the the crew was like well you you not paid us like you can't afford it. And they're sitting there going, like, not next set of tapings in a month. This one. Like, now, they can't afford it. And so, apparently, Billy Corgan paid those bills. This is what the internet says. Which I believe. I tend to believe it. Hopefully, Billy Corgan is not being, you know, a wrestling fan with money. Because I feel like that's what I would do if I were him and had Smashing Pumpkins money. I'd be like, oh, I'll save this promotion. Just because. You know what I mean? Hopefully. Because... You know, one Wait, of the, is that
0: also the time in which you're going to negotiate equity in a company? I mean, <laughs> It seems like you'd have a pretty good advantage. Go to, like, all right, well, we have 30 minutes, so you're going to need to sign here. Those things take months. Right.
2: Hey, you know those trucks you need? I'll give them to you for 40% of the company. <laughs> well, we really need the trucks. <laughs> Jeez. This is a guy, though, Billy said that uh, when he was on the podcast. He said in the closing days of ECW, he almost bought a big share of the company for a million dollars and then decided not to because he didn't think it would was a great investment. He thought the company would have gone under regardless.
0: Well, you also have to imagine in his position from a business standpoint, if you're putting your heart and soul into something day That's in true. and day out, you're going to want a stake in it or a bigger stake in it.
2: And, and and at least to survive it. If he's going, the only way this company survives is if I own a stake in it, then he doesn't he doesn't want to see it go down.
0: And his decision-making powers now increase.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, of think course. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: what's your stance on Dixie Carter?
2: I mean, I don't think she's. It, it doesn't seem like the company is run very well, so I would assume that she doesn't run the company very well. You know, that's. <laughs> I don't know, right? And what, I don't, what other I stance could know. you have? I don't. I don't. I haven't seen. So she, she seems like a nice woman. Share. Yeah.
0: Because she probably does. She want the limelight. I mean, if you're, if you're. She,
2: she doesn't, doesn't want to give up her company.
0: On paper, that you're not doing a great job.
2: Yeah, but I mean.
0: For a very long time.
2: What are you going to do? Give it up? No. You know, it's hers. She doesn't want want to put down her ball. You know, Vince McMahon's gone through some rough times too. He wouldn't put down his ball. She thinks... but, But Vince McMahon knows wrestling, though, and Dixie, I don't think, does. But, I don't know. I mean, she seems like a nice woman, but... Doesn't that was a seem like
0: a, statement. Doesn't seem One like a nice thing, the point <laughs> something nice to close it.
2: Doesn't se- hopefully Billy can do a lot of good in TNA. That's what you just you always kinda have to be optimistic for TNA, right? You just have to maintain optimism and hope that okay, maybe this time this'll work, maybe this time this'll work, maybe this time this'll work. This time this'll work and move forward. You know, and 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 TNA does certainly get a lot more publicity for the negative stuff that happens there than the positive stuff. You don't hear a lot of reviews. Even when the TV's good, even when the matches are good, people don't really talk about that. They talk about the fact that the company's going under a lot. Uh, But I think part of that is also because they haven't made it must-watch television. Like, they have decent matches, but it's not the sort of thing where you feel like you're missing out if you don't watch, you know?
0: Right. I was impressed with the production value, though, when we did go to that show. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's a full-fledged...
0: It's 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 a good deal.
2: Well, they they refer to it I think you as a TV company instead of a wrestling company. That's why they don't tour. That's why they don't do house shows. That's why they blah blah blah. But they, I mean, it's it's a full it's not an indie level production. Mm-hmm. It's a full fledged production, but that's you know expensive. You know, maybe they would be doing better if they just had two college kids with DSLRs <laughs> and they're like, here's our TV show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't know what you do, but a but you're right. Budget too.
0: for promos is out the door.
2: Right. Right, exactly, exactly. Speaking of uh, other products, too, we found out this week that the uh, we found out all the names in the WWE Cruiserweight Tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cruiserweight Classic, I think it starts on television next month. They start filming it soon. Uh, I, there's a couple things going on. A lot of programming is coming to WWE Network. You've got the Cruiserweight Classic, and apparently... This was dropped by Jerry Lawler and I've heard similar things from other people that WWE is going to expand their pay-per-views. So other than the big four whatever pay-per-views they're going to be doing two a month. One for Raw, one for SmackDown. So as of September there'll be a Raw September and October will have Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views within the month. So you're talking about What is it? 12 minus 4 is 8. So you're talking about a possible 20 pay-per-views a year from WWE.
0: Better get that network. That's it. Better sign up.
2: It's a huge expansion. 20 pay-per-views a year and the Cruiserweight tournament. And obviously if the Cruiserweight Classic, I should say, is a success, they're going to continue to try to do things. It's clear that WWE is trying to be a one-stop shop for wrestling. I mean, you heard in the Freddie Prince interview that – I think that Vince McMahon's philosophy is WWE should be a one-stop shop for all entertainment. And that's probably why the network was created. Well, the question is, is it over... I don't know if overexposure is the word. Is it too much? Is there too much content? Are you expecting too much of your audience? You Too know,
0: much birthday.
2: Is it? Is it too much birthday? We talked about too much birthday before. Is this the definition of too much birthday? Is... Uh, uh, fifty-two three-hour RAWs, fifty-two two-hour Smackdowns, fifty-two one-hour NXTs, twenty pay-per-views, and your cruiserweight uh, classic type specials. Is it too much birthday for you to keep up with what's going on in WWE?
0: Better go down to part time, Sam.
2: What instead of prime time?
0: Yeah, <laughs> because it's gonna take you a long time to watch all this content. It is plus it is. catch up on the vault.
2: I I think on the on what's going on in the vault. Yep. Yeah, now it's like when you talk to somebody that's like, no, I'm just watching uh, 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 some old uh, WCCW stuff on the network. It's like, <laughs> who has the time? I feel like that I I would un- I understand the thinking behind it being so much. Really, the only people who at this point that I think should be complaining about how much it is, is the production crew at WWE. Like, I can't imagine how run down that team's going to be because there's no way they're going to double the staff. No. They might add a couple more people, but they're not going to double the staff. People are going to have a lot more work to do over there. So those are the people that I feel like should be complaining. Other than that, I think, I think that it didn't work when they first did the draft back in the early 2000s. They separated pay-per-views then, too. And they increased to something like 15 a year, not 20 But I think that didn't work because we were talking about traditional pay-per-views. Meaning you were still trying to convince people to shell out 40 50 $60 mm. a month or whatever it is to buy this pay-per-view. And at the end of the day, even if you love this SmackDown pay-per-view that's headlined by Brock Lesnar, it's tough to be like, well, I don't know if I'm going to pay for that because SummerSlam is in three weeks. You know what I mean? I might have to save my money. Here, all it's really doing is adding value to the WWE network. And theoretically, so the the original purpose of the brand split was to create competition. Theoretically, you don't have to watch everything. Like it's it's being broken down to a place and maybe it's – I don't know if you can even say it's that bad for WWE. You can theoretically just watch SmackDown or just watch Raw. You don't have to watch Raw and SmackDown because they're two separate things now.
0: That's not going to happen, though. Who's going to make that choice?
2: Well, if, if people who don't have uh, 17 hours a week to watch <laughs> wrestling, probably.
0: Part-time Sam Roberts. Right,
2: right. I would say that I think a lot of I, – I, SmackDown, I think, is going to be in the position where they have to create something cool. Because Raw is what you're always going to watch. Raw has been on for 157 years, I believe, is what Michael Cole said on commentary. (laughs) And that is the show that you watch. If you're a wrestling fan, when's wrestling night? Monday night. It was too well established in those Monday Night Wars to ever, ever change. Monday night's wrestling night. You watch Monday Night Raw. So if you're going to watch one or the other, people are going to end up watching Monday Night Raw. Now, unless, and this happened a little bit last time. SmackDown becomes this awesome show, and I think that will be the motivation and who knows theoretically, it could create some kind of competition between the two brands but i don't I don't think it 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 cheapens the product to have that many shows to tell you the truth.
0: You don't think there's a quality over quantity at play here?
2: No I th- is there a
0: consideration to your point, which I never thought of is, is how much extra work is that put on the staff? I mean, if we start to see graphics made out of Microsoft Paint,
2: right. well, people look, are getting
0: real tired and there's Matt Hardy promos running around.
2: I don't think it's up to the fans to worry about the production crew. You know what I mean? That's going a little too inside. <laughs> like, I don't sit there worrying like, uh-oh, you know, New Girl. It is
0: a fair point.
2: New Girl was only 13 episodes last <laughs> season. Now it's 26 episodes. What's the PA going to do? What's the best boy going to do? Like... That's not really. That's when you know you've gone too deep into wrestling fandom. When you're like, they're overworking their production crew, and 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 the wear and tear on the trucks that they just bought. It's like okay, it's it not a valid. Point, it's, it's it's that's their issue. Like, there are your issues and their well, issues in have life. You should brought it up. It's, 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 it's a point to, to consider, but that's in all of life, right? There's things for you to concern yourself with and things for other people to concern themselves okay,
0: with. Okay, then maybe to back to the, the, core, <laughs> the core point here. Is it too much?
2: We just focus on content.
0: Too much content.
2: I don't think so. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough to watch all of it. Um, if the brand split maintains integrity then it won't necessarily because it's not like you're saying, seeing the same roster and storylines played out over 20 pay-per-views. It's still the same amount of pay-per-views per storylines. So you're not going to see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view every two weeks. You'll see them on a pay-per-view every month, which is the same thing you have now. It depends very much on the brand split maintaining integrity and actually being a brand split. This is why, and you can look up when they first announced the brand split. I have been an advocate from the beginning for two different heavyweight champions, for one for each brand, because it maintains the integrity of the split. I think the tag team should be on one show, and the women should be on another show. Maintain the integrity of the split. Wow. You know, don't have anybody flipping between the two brands. Nobody. It, it will get confusing, and it does not maintain that integrity. I think that, that that's what you do. There's not enough interest and there's not enough women to do two separate mm. rosters of women. And you st- and same thing with the tag teams to me. You really get thin on... T- right now, there's four tag teams and they're all in the thing. You know what I mean? You've also got Golden Truth and, and Lucha Libre, but let's be honest.
0: Fabrizio.
2: Fabrizio. But let's be honest. Like you know, The four tag teams that are in the tag title picture are in that main event. And I think... That I – here's what I think is going to happen, and I guess we can use this unless I'm uh, 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 moving off to a different topic and we haven't talked enough about these 20 pay-per-views. But I think that the tag title match at Money in the Bank is going to be important because I I would move the tag champions to SmackDown. I would keep the women on Raw and move the tag teams to SmackDown. I would put the tag titles on Anderson and Gallows because I think they're the ones that need that credibility. I believe that when the brand split comes, they will absolutely split up Enzo and Cass, which is <gasps> terrible news for Enzo because they are 100% behind Cass. Did you watch the opening to, last night, uh, to Monday Night Show
0: the with st- the tag teams? Yes.
2: Yes. Who all Enzo did was talking about like having sex with a trumpet. (sighs) Big Cass was the guy with the mic. They are fully invested in Big Cass. And I'm not against it. I'm I feel bad for Enzo, but I think Big Cass is an amazing talent. But it is obvious from the time remember we were talking about Big Cass first starting, and I was like, he needs to act like a giant and then he started acting like a giant. And then they gave him a microphone while Enzo was gone. And guess what? (sighs) Remember when he used to just be there to be a big, tall guy that said S-A-W-F-T? Yep. He's saying a lot more now because that's a guy that they're looking at. You heard on the Freddie Prince interview that we, we did this week. He said Vince trusts guys to carry his company that are big. Number one, because big guys have more credibility in, in fights. And number two, because in Vince's words or in Vince's world, I guess, big guys get injured less.
0: Hmm.
2: It doesn't help that the small guy in that tag team was out with a concussion.
0: Did you see this coming? If you're
2: no, I saw it. I started. I saw it coming as soon as Enzo got back. Yes, once Enzo was gone and Cash was shining. I was, and then Enzo came back. I just read the vibe. I was like, yeah, I see that coming. Yes, uh. yes, yeah. I was. I wasn't surprised. And then, and that's why it was so obvious to me on Raw this week. But when you I, still
0: don't think that together they're they're stronger.
2: I think they're awesome together. I wouldn't, I'm just saying that's what's happening. I don't think that I, I love Enzo, so I probably wouldn't split them up because I feel like Enzo going to get lost in the time being. Mm-hmm. But if we're speaking re- realistically of what's happening, Enzo's going to SmackDown and Cass is going to Raw. I believe. And, and, and it may not be the worst thing. Maybe Enzo will have some time to shine on SmackDown and he's still going to be great. But Cass is going to Cass is their guy, for sure, which is amazing. I mean, it's kind We're of calling amazing. Calling it now because Cass is great. You know, it's 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 cool to see something like that happening. But I'm that's 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 definitely what I think, and that's why I think I don't think that they're going to they could put the tag titles on the vaude villains, but probably not. I think it's time for the new day to lose the titles. Um, new day and yeah, end zone Cass. so you're left with Anderson and Gallows. That's who I think is going to win the titles, and I think that they probably need it the most too. Usos. They're not in the match. Oh, that's right. 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 Yeah. Which sets up the Usos for trying to get the tag titles away from Anderson and Gallows, possibly. Because if there's one thing the world needs now, it's the club versus the Usos one more time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I definitely see that. Uh, I do not think Dean Ambrose will win the Money in the Bank match by any stretch of the imagination. That is, like, so over-the-top obvious. I do not think it will happen. I think you will get a triple threat. I think the SHIELD triple threat is not going to happen at WrestleMania. It will happen at SummerSlam. I think SummerSlam is headlined uh, by Roman, Dean, Seth.
0: It was, were you happy to see at least them all back together again?
2: Honestly, I was underwhelmed. Really? I thought Seth was so far and away the MVP of that segment. You know, and I like, you know I like everybody in that uh-huh. ring. I'm an Ambrose fan. I love Roman. But, like, I felt like Seth was playing major league ball in that ring. Like, it was a I I felt like neither Dean nor Roman grabbed my attention or made me believe anything the way Seth did. And that's part, I mean, Dean, it's because he's doing the crazy guy thing and he's just, he's doing the Piper thing. He's just kind of hosting anyway. But Dean didn't take the attention away. The, like, Piper... Would have taken the attention for himself, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. That was Piper shine in that scenario. Dean did not. I thought that was a Seth Rollins. I don't think that was a Shield segment. I thought it was a Seth Rollins segment. Like to me, that's what that's what Seth shined brightest in that segment. Um, I don't think Seth is going to win the world title. I would like it if he did. I don't think he will. Uh, but I think something will happen. I think over the next two months. You're going to be in a spot where a triple threat gets set up. And, you know, I put out a video last week on YouTube about what I would do with Brock Lesnar after UFC 200. And I'm going to go ahead. It's my wild card. I still pick my way of doing things with, with Brock Lesnar, and I pick Alberto Del Rio to win the money in the bank.
0: He does look better than ever.
2: Look. Here's why I pick Alberto Del Rio to win Money in the Bank. It's not the most exciting thing in the world. I understand people are just like throwing up in their cars right now, but, <laughs> but, Ambrose is not winning it. He's gonna get to the Triple Threat without the Money in the Bank. It's way too obvious. This isn't the Ambrose. Like he can't. Ambrose won't win. I don't think. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I don't think either one of them needed. Although a Kevin Owens, briefcase run would be a lot of fun to watch
0: fantastic
2: jericho i think would be hilarious with the briefcase but i think he's even funnier as the guy losing he did a promo and you know i always say this begrudgingly because he blocked me on twitter
0: and me because i stuck up for you You did but he I'm did hype girl.
2: he did a promo on youtube after raw mm-hmm. and it was so funny he said he wanted to win the money in the bank briefcase wear it around his neck and BMC Jericho. was <laughs> just like so stupid and so – he's doing really well. He won't win, I don't think. He could, but I doubt it. Um, and then you're left with Del Rio, who really needs it. He's got nothing going on. Everybody else has something – and it's Cesaro, but Cesaro's not going to win.
0: So wait, wrap up that Brock conclusion, though.
2: Oh, so then I said that – so so my, my theory on Brock is that uh, – Brock does UFC 200, he leaves UFC 200, he fights Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt beats him, goes on to being like the lead bad guy on SmackDown. Brock disappears for a while. Alberto Del Rio is a, a, a dickhead with the briefcase, you know, not cashing it in, pretending to cash it in, using it as a weapon. Whoever's the general manager of Raw, which Alberto Del Rio is a part of, says, uh, okay, well now you have to defend your your briefcase against somebody. That person gets jumped. In the back, obviously Alberto did it with his briefcase. The GM says, well, you know what? There's a plan B. Brock Lesnar's music hits. Del Rio loses the briefcase to Brock Lesnar. Now Brock Lesnar walks around as the Money in the Bank briefcase holder.
0: It's a real wild card.
2: Which to me, I love because it's like if Brock Lesnar is holding that, like Brock Lesnar can win the world title whenever he wants anyway. So the fact that now he's got the briefcase (laughs) is the biggest threat the WWE title has ever seen.
0: And it's very unpredictable. Right. Because you never know what he's going to pop in and out.
2: Although I just predicted it.
0: Oh, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's true. <laughs> so that's what I would do. I, I
0: mean, I know you've already talked about mm-hmm. UFC 200, but mm-hmm. I, I still – in my mind is still blown on this in this. sense amazing.
2: That
0: you're going to tell me that in you, – UFC, you talk about unpredictable. Lesnar's going to be ready for SummerSlam? Heaven forbid something happens? Wish that on no one, obviously. Well, he – And and I can I ask you a dumb question? Yeah, of course. Do you think he would ever consider coming out with Heyman? I
2: don't think it's up to him. I think it's up to Vince and Dana. I think he would in a heartbeat. Why not?
0: I have, okay, so what are the odds? You put that at like
2: 50-50? I guess. I mean, I would say the odds of him doing it is low. So the fact that he's doing it means you got to throw everything out the window. I would say it's unlikely. I think that Dana, probably, Dana White probably doesn't want more, more WWE. I think Dana White doesn't want this to feel like it's a WWE guy in UFC. He wants it to feel like it's a UFC guy. Um so I think Dana would probably not want his WWE advocate to be out at ringside with him, even though they have a legit relationship. Um
0: Do you think behind the scenes there is obviously some give and take to this deal?
2: Yeah, I mean even by itself the deal is a give and take deal. Both sides stand to benefit. I think WWE benefits a lot more than uh UFC does. Um But I think, yeah, there's certainly – it certainly opens the rule. If there is not something on paper that is some kind of talent exchange, Mm -hmm. it certainly opens the door for that. Like, okay, we work together now. So, hey, why don't you send – I know there's a fighter named Paige Van Zandt, I believe her name is, that the internet says WWE is interested in. Maybe it does open the door for a Ronda Rousey something at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that door's open now at least. You know, I don't think that anything is cemented. But I think that that door is open. Which is a lot of the way the WWE operates. It's like, get those doors open and then we can work it out. Just get the deal on the table.
0: So circle back on the notion that something potentially, heaven forbid, could happen with Lesnar.
2: I don't think Lesnar's going to—nothing horrible (laughs) is going to happen. Like, he's not going to break his arm. He's not going to break his leg. None of that's going to happen. He's not going to need surgery. He could get a concussion. Because he could get knocked out and get a concussion. If he gets a concussion, he will miss. Some you don't so. tell me
0: as a fighter going on—not my expertise—but you're not going straight for diverticulitis.
2: I mean, if he gets hit in the diverticulitis, it doesn't matter. He could still wrestle if he get. I mean, he'll just lose the fight then. He's not going to re-
0: huge injury.
2: Yeah, but he's not going to reget diverticulitis because somebody hit him in it, hit him in the diverticulitis. Yeah, I mean, it's just it
0: sounds so dumb to any like any medical. I always say hit him, in... that's what
2: happened last time he was there. He says he's cured. I don't think you ever get cured, but. Yeah, I mean if so, that's a, a vulnerability in UFC, and if he gets hit there, he's going down right away, the same way he did against Alistair Overeem uh, I think in his last UFC fight. So if that is still an issue, that's the way the issue will play out, but you, it doesn't work that way, I don't think. I don't. He's not – if his diverticulitis becomes a factor, it will be something that costs him the fight, but it won't cost him the SummerSlam match because whoever he's wrestling at SummerSlam, they go, hey, buddy, this is pro wrestling. Don't hit him in the diverticulitis, and they'll go, you got it, boss.
0: Just hit him in the mailbox.
2: Right, exactly. That's how you beat Brock Lesnar. Right. But you can't do that in UFC. Before. You can't do that in That's UFC, true. though. That Their true. referees are better. So, yeah, I think the worst thing that could happen to Brock is he gets a concussion, uh, realistically. Uh, and if that happens, he won't be at SummerSlam. But. That would suck. It would suck, but they're still selling SummerSlam regardless. True. You know what I mean? And they're still getting that publicity for the next time uh, uh, Brock Lesnar's in town. I will say, speaking of TNA, where we started, mm-hmm. the other thing I liked about Raw this week was uh, John Cena. Oh, when he dropped the PWG. He dropped Ring of Honor, and yes. then he dropped PWG.
0: First, he dropped
2: PWG. But you know what he didn't drop? TNA. <laughs> Which is where AJ Styles <laughs> made his career. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's a great point. Of
2: all the shots to take. John Cena's like, I know you've made a name for yourself in New Japan, PWG, Ring of Honor, and Dixie's just like, no plug for DNA. It's like, come on, that's just petty. At that point, it's like every organization that you w- and AJ was probably like, yep, you got them all. You named every last one. And you mean, he, AJ- he went
0: down to naming WrestlePro.
2: Right, right. You so heard AJ exciting. when he was on the, when we interviewed him he was like he has no 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 interest in tna so he's probably perfectly happy with it but it's like oof that's a shot that's a shot he doesn't mention tna but he mentions every other place that aj styles has worked
0: (laughs) he went back down to like high school resumes yes the local car wash yeah the snow cone factory he's
2: going over like Dwayne reed local indie promotions that have run two shows out of vfw halls like gsfwy you were the champion there, AJ. AJ's <laughs> like, yes, I was. In my mind, <laughs>
0: counts.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, that was definitely.
0: I was actually shocked just to even hear him name those.
2: Well, I think that, that I think that's part. First of all, here's what John Cena does. Even though he takes comfort in being the mainstream guy, he likes to win over a little bit of the internet every now and then. He likes to, he likes to, it's like John Cena does that the way Mick Foley mentions what town he's in. You know what I mean? A little bit of a cheap pop from the internet. He knows. He knows. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Cena's the one guy that can get away with it with or without permission. He knows what he's doing. So, and I, so, so he knows what he's doing. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get some, some internet credit for mentioning these promotions Mm -hmm. and still uh, jab right at TNA. (laughs) There you go. Eat it. smart. Eat it. It's like, Ouch. I'd be be upset if I were TNA. I'd be upset. The only thing I will... This is what upsets me about Raw right now. I wouldn't say the only thing. Just fly Bob Backlund to the arena. (laughs) Just fly him there. Enough with the split screens where they're obviously in two different places altogether. Like, you're not even recording them live at the same time. It's so obvious. Just fly Bobby to the arena. Fly Mr. Backlund to the arena and let him and Darren do exercises face-to-face. Please. It'd be so funny.
0: That's really funny, Sam.
2: He's recorded all of them in Stanford, I'm sure. And Darren's just recording them wherever. Like, just fly Bob Backlund to the arena and have him and Darren Young doing exercises backstage. That's funny. Why not? It's one extra plane ticket.
0: Got budget cuts.
2: I guess poor Mr. B feels the budget cuts.
0: But we got budget cuts. Unless he takes the Amtrak, we ain't paying for it.
2: We got two brands to fund now. You think I'm going to fly Bob Beckland around?
0: Cross-faced chicken.
2: You just film him in, in Stamford. We got plenty of cameras down there. It's uh, up there. Don't tell me where it is, God damn it! I know where it is.
0: How much was Matt Hardy's production team? Exactly.
2: At least Matt and Jeff were together in the same room. It's a terrible room, but they were together in the same room.
0: You know what? A production can be subpar, but you throw in a drone. has an A-plus caliber.
2: Yes, Yes. How about, okay, so AJ Styles, John Cena, that's the other big Money in the Bank match.
0: Love it. Can't get enough of it. I go AJ. AJ.
2: No, I think AJ will win the match.
0: Now, if I were him, I would have signed the Bitch Club contract. You
2: like the Bitch Club better. I love the
0: Bitch Club. Because I don't care what you think. Yeah. I'm here to win it. Right. Any way possible. Right. Right. I don't care what you have to say of me. Struggle is real.
2: Guess what? I'd say, I just signed that contract, and I want you to know something. It's not the bitch club contract. It's the don't give in to peer pressure contract. Yes. Yeah. That would have been super cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm into it. I, uh, uh, I'm i very much looking forward to that match. It is kind of a dream match. Um, and I think, but I, I think AJ will win, but let's keep in mind. Kevin Owens won the first match, too. I think this will be Kevin Owens all over again. AJ will beat John Cena. Mm. But John Cena will handedly beat AJ uh, multiple times after. <laughs> so like that's, that's the cycle we're on. But let's just live in Money in the Bank right now. You know now.
0: what, though? Those matches were so good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, don't, I don't think at the end of it, I mean, yeah, we care who wins, but those were such stellar matches. I'd watch them again.
2: Here's what I think. The Kevin Owens matches. Oh, Absolutely. Sick. I think that... So the, the single-branded pay-per-views, I think, are starting in September. SummerSlam will be the big – I don't think they're going to start single-brand pay-per-views in July.
0: But you have that brand split then in, in July. Like July
2: 19th will be the brand split. I don't know when the July pay-per-view is. But I, I, I there's no way
0: – How would that be feasible then just to maintain a w- story?
2: When's the July pay-per-view?
0: but that, regardless if you have if you start the brand split on the 19th.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, here's I I think SummerSlam is going to be a big blow-off pay-per-view. SummerSlam, oh, okay. I think it's in August like the brand split will already be official. But I think that is when the two sides will be concreted. So like I think SummerSlam you're going to have the final John Cena AJ Styles match because I think you're going to have John Cena on Raw and AJ Styles on SmackDown. SummerSlam is going to be the blow-off. I think uh, at SummerSlam, the Shield Triple Threat match is going to mean everything because I think you're going to have Rollins and Reigns on Raw and Dean Ambrose on SmackDown. So you're going to have your main events for SummerSlam are going to be even more special because they're going to launch these brands into something else. I think that here's what you'll have: you'll whoever comes out of SummerSlam with the title. If Dean Ambrose leaves SummerSlam with the championship, and he could then that championship is going to SmackDown and they'll have to find a new champion for Raw. If Roman Reigns comes out of SummerSlam or Seth Rollins comes out of SummerSlam with the championship, then I think the championship moves to Raw and SmackDown needs to find its own title. But that's... And and the John Cena-AJ thing, you've got, okay, who's going to... This is, again, Raw, John Cena, SmackDown, AJ Styles, the two guys, one-on-one, boom. I think that that's what SummerSlam this year is going to be about. That final blow-off before we officially do this draft split. And it'll be the last time that Raw guys and SmackDown guys touch each other until maybe Survivor Series, maybe Royal Rumble.
0: Oh, so then we're saying, I guess I hadn't thought about that. So you're saying the big main pay-per-views will still be...
2: Right. Now, Money in the Bank, you would think, has to be a co-branded pay-per-view. So they may blow off Survivor Series. I don't know. But... I would say SummerSlam's your blow-off. Then maybe the guys don't touch each other. Maybe there's some elimination tag at Survivor Series where finally the two brands touch each other again. That's three months later. Weird.
0: I know, but it just sounds weird. Not like that. I know, but not like that. Okay.
2: Then, (laughs) then you've got your Royal Rumble where they'll meet again in the Rumble, and then not till WrestleMania. But SummerSlam, I think, will be the final blow-off. Like this summer will be spent getting the brands in order. July and August, it'll be a month and a half of kind of figuring everything out. And then after SummerSlam, cemented. Boom. That's when the house show schedule will change. That's when everything will change, I think. Because obviously they're going to separate the house shows. And I would imagine they're going to be running Monday house shows. So I would imagine on Mondays they'll do Raw and they'll do a SmackDown house show. Because otherwise, you're talking about sending guys home on Sunday to come back for t- TV on Tuesday, which makes no yeah, sense. I mean
0: you wouldn't be cannibalizing too much of. You mean you just have the arena that's not catching exactly show. exactly DVR
2: exactly and yeah, and they DVR it. So that's where I think things lie. I think that's uh, do we admit what I, women's match. At Money in the Bank. But I'm I'm happy Apollo Cruz and Sheamus are going to be on the pre sh- Not that they're going to be on the pre-show. I'm, I'm happy that there's a spot for them and that Apollo Cruz has something. He's actually got a some kind of a rivalry because Sheamus jumped him for no reason. And so now he's got to get revenge. Were at least happy, it's something.
0: I, I thought of you in terms of being happy that he's got a little bit more got a little more anger.
2: Yeah, a little character, a little emotion. Building. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm excited about Money in the Bank though. I think... Uh, I don't think we'll come out of it. I don't think it'll go down as one of the great pay-per-views. You know, I think uh, Roman Reigns will win. Alberto Del Rio will win. um, AJ Styles will win. So the AJ thing will be cool, but people are going to be mad about Roman and AJ. Um, I mean, AJ will be cool, but people will be mad about Roman and Alberto. Unless everything I say is wrong, and lots of times it is. We'll see.
0: What's Let's this see. kick on Alberto Del Rio for you? He's winning game? the money in the bank. What's your deal? Why, why, why El now? El Doror. All right. I mean, I know he's in great shape.
2: He's got nothing else going on. He needs the briefcase. <laughs> he's got nothing.
0: I could say the same thing about Rusev. Come on.
2: He's not in the in the match, though. I'm he's got saying, a U.S. title. People don't have anything going on. He's got the U.S. title.
0: Jeez, I didn't even know that. That's right. how significant that no, was.
2: No, you're right. You're right. Let's mm. see if Titus can get it. Um, <laughs> So, Katie Lennendahl, of course, people can find you uh, uh, at katie.show, which is a great lifestyles technology podcast. You can get to it by going to www.katie.show or just searching katie.show on iTunes. Uh, you have a contest?
0: We do have a contest this week. We have a contest! jeez. <laughs> oh, it's new. <laughs> We have a By the contest way, I noticed this have, week and next week.
2: You had Katie Dot Show shirts made. That's true. With you doing the call on them. That's true. And I'm like, true. she did not even do it on that podcast. I do now. <laughs> you got to start. Some
0: brand integration happening. <laughs> <housing.
2: laughs> I thought it was so funny. I was like, "She better start calling we'll on be, that tech podcast." We'll be podcast. about
0: those shirts next
2: week. <laughs> may I say? <laughs>
0: but we, um, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, we do have a contest this week. Yeah, because there was a, uh, a hospitalization that happened in the wrestling world over the weekend.
2: Yeah, what happened with that?
0: Um, your good buddy Adam Cole. Yeah, he um, he had to be resuscitated with the paddles. Jesus, he died. He actually saw the light.
2: Where are you getting this information from? He
0: saw the light, and then he saw in the light. The there was like somebody going, "Like, do you want to quit?"
2: <laughs> Mike Kyoto was do up there. Do you want to
0: quit? And he's like, "No, I don't want to quit. I, I, just, I was... just just got in the Bullet Club, and it was Mike Kyoto."
2: I don't know if Mike Kyoto was up there. Are you sure it was the light or it was something else?
0: I'm not sure. Right? It's 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 blurry for right. all parties, but I did discover this information. We did send an edible arrangement. Oh. On behalf of the podcast oh, because nothing says get well soon like pineapple shaped like soccer balls. That's true. And this week's contest is we're gonna what do we think? We make a sign for Adam Cole?
2: What kind of a sign?
0: A get well soon. Where
2: would we put the sign? Because
0: he's still apparently sick.
2: I don't know where you're getting this information from.
0: The internet. And remember, Sam, everything we read on the internet is true.
2: Okay, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> So I'm lying. I believe you. You're the...
0: And we... Well, it got tricky because you and I had discussed... uh, I was like, hey, I heard this rumor. Should I call the hospital and send the edible arrangement? And they said he was in the Philly hospital. And so, I mean, it took some finagling. But I I have contacts out there on Mm -hmm. the medical side. So it wasn't a problem. (laughs) And it was true and confirmed that he is indeed doing better. Good. And he was very appreciative
2: of the basket. is it a sign that, like... What do, what do they do with the sign?
0: Dude, we have Photoshop contests.
2: Oh Yeah.
0: You have to make it on you have to put it on Twitter.
2: Yeah, how about this? Okay. Make a sign, a Photoshop sign. You tag or Microsoft Adam,
0: paint, whatever you got. Whatever
2: you got. Tag Adam Cole in it and write hashtag Bay well, baby. That's good. Yes. And there's a prize?
0: There is a prize. What's the prize?
2: Adam Cole t shirt.
0: I guess that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give some Young Bucks merch away. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't know if it really works. Right. Yeah, that works.
2: All right. So do that. Tag everybody and uh, and be a part of we'll all pick the fun. two winners. Right. Katie, thank you for being here. Jasky. See y'all later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not
1: Sam on Twitter,
2: Instagram,
1: Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week
0: to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.